This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Hallelujah. And there may be others that are within our congregation here this morning who lost family members as a result of war that weren't up here. And then, of course, there are those that are here today that served in um, some capacity within um, the armed services. And uh, today we salute you, each and every one of you, and we're thankful for the family members and the sacrifices that were made. You know, if you are a, uh, uh, in the mil- or were in the military, perhaps are in the military, would you please stand? We'd like to just honor you this morning. Yes. Let's give them a round of applause. Come on, let's give them a big hand clap. Come on. We appreciate you. And we're thankful for every one of you. That's right. Come on. Little boy, wouldn't hurt you at all. Come on. Yeah. God bless you. That's right. Amen. Praise God. Yeah, we live in a country that we can be so thankful for. And while we recognize the sacrifice of men and women who are willing to give their lives, we know that the Bible says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And so the grace uh, that we have been able to or have had the privilege of being able to enjoy and experience is because of Him. Amen? And so we can be thankful for that today as we gather in the name of Jesus on this weekend and uh, expect great things from Him today where our lives are concerned as well. I'm going to ask you to do something. Um, um, I know you get all situated and comfortable, but would you please stand? I'd like to honor the Lord in prayer, and then uh, I'll share what it is I want to share with you today. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this land, this nation, this country, and those who fear your name, Father, that live within it. We reverence and honor you, Father. We thank you for every grace and every blessing, Father, that we know benevolently has come from your hand. And we thank you today, Father God, for the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus and that which we enjoy naturally because of Jesus. And so we just thank you for your mercy, your goodness, your grace as we prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God here today, Father God. We thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost. We thank you, Father God, for eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to believe in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Let's open our Bibles again today to Ephesians chapter 6. If you brought a Bible with you, this is our, I guess you would say, our main text for this particular series uh, that we've been um, communicating with you about, about being stronger. Pastor Brian's talked about being stronger in your family. He talked about being stronger by choosing priorities over pride. You know, some things are more important than other things. Huh? And yet sometimes we we miss out on the blessing because we choose the wrong thing. We talked about choosing to go to church. (laughs) That's a novel idea. And you're here today. You know, when I first pulled in the parking lot, I thought, man, Memorial Day is, we are on vacation. But you know what? Praise God. Uh, uh, By the time service time started, uh, turned out pretty good. And so we're grateful for your being here. How many of you know the church was God's idea? It's His idea. 
You know, I'm not talking about, you know, the, the, the physical edifice, you know, the building uh, that, that we happen to gather uh, in. I'm talking about you, the church. And the interesting thing is, is that Jesus talked about um, building the church on the revelation that Jesus is the Christ. He said, upon this rock of revelation, I am going to build my church and Hallelujah, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So, you know, when we gather in his name, when we come together, when we make commitment to be a part of the local church, there's something very powerful and rewarding about that. Don't ever think for one moment that God ever forgets what it is that you do when you make decisions and choices that say, you know what, we're going to be in church you know what? We're going to be engaged in church. You know what? We're going to do something to serve within the church. Now, you know, uh, you, you, you talk about trends and different things, you know, where generations are going to, you know, different ways and things of that nature. And, you know, I, I understand that that can be discouraging because we're, we're, we're raising a generation of godless kids. Now, you say, well, that's kind of a bummer. Well, it doesn't have to be that way for you. And that's why the church exists in order not only to impact the lives of the people that we know of, but you know, others that maybe we'll never have any kind of a relationship with per se. So thank God for the church and thank God for the privilege of gathering together in his name. We talked about choosing biblical knowledge and vision within our lives. How many of you know the Bible? I'm telling you what, praise God, it'll change your life. And from it comes the knowledge of God. From it comes vision for you to live your life. How many of you know God has a plan for you? And it's in this book. And you know, when we discover those things, particularly in the New Testament, we find out, praise God, he's got a good plan for us. And if we'll obey him and follow him, which is what we're going to do, amen? Amen. And when we do that, then grace comes to our lives. And then last week I talked about, you know, becoming stronger by choice. And the emphasis that I wanted to make on that is you're the one that decides. The decision is yours. It's not circumstances. It's not what people think. It's not your boss. It isn't any of those things. It's what you decide. You know, in the book of Deuteronomy, when God was talking with Israel, he said, listen, he said, I've done all this. I brought you to this place. This is in Deuteronomy 30. Moses is talking to the nation of Israel, just like he would be talking to the church today. And he said, I have placed before you life and death, blessing and cursing, so choose life. Everybody say, choose life. life. Yeah, choose life. In other words, the choice is yours. God's made you a free moral agent. And you can decide to do whatever. I mean, you know, he'll protect your right to go to hell if that's what you want to do. But I tell you what, thank God there's a better way. There's a God way. There's a Jesus way. And there's a plan that he has for each and every one of us. And so that's why we're here today, so we can learn some of those things. Amen? Amen. So you have a choice. And every person's life, every person's life is affected in direct proportion to the choices that they make. Now, I know, I mean, if we were in our room, I could ask the question, have any of you ever made a bad choice? We could all go, um, yeah, sure have. But hopefully in the context of that, we learned something and decided, you know what, we're not going to do that again. Am I in the right house? You know, hopefully we've learned something that way. And not only that, but we know this, that with obedience comes strength. Did you hear me? 
You know, the Bible talks about, we used Uzziah as an example. For 52 years, he reigned as a king in Israel. And the Bible says, as long as he obeyed him and followed him, he lived during the days of Zechariah, and thank God he had sense enough to listen to him, at least for the greater part of his life until he came to the end, when pride rose up within his heart and he started going stupid. How many of you know sometimes people go stupid? Huh? You say, what's wrong with you? Well, they just haven't figured it out yet, but they just went stupid, that's all. And that's what happened to him. And, and as a result of that, there came disobedience with disobedience, there's sin. And as a result of sin, sin weakened this man and he was basically destroyed. How many of you know God doesn't want you to be destroyed? But sin will flat do it. And you say, well, what are you talking about sin? I'm talking about disobeying God. Okay, and a lot of times, you know, people, I mean, they want to argue the point about this and that and the other. Listen to me. I'm telling you that God's word is true. And at the end of the day, the Bible makes it clear, let God be true and every man a liar. You're going to find out at the end he was right. So we might as well adopt that thinking right now and say, God is smart. And I am not always so smart. Okay. And I want to learn his way because, praise God, he's got a plan for my life. And that's why we're here today. We're going to talk about, this morning, we're going to talk about Stronger by Design. And so last week, Stronger by Choice. This week, Stronger by Design. Our text here in Ephesians chapter 6 and 10, the Apostle Paul says this, Finally, my brethren, now he's talking to believers, okay? He's not talking to the world, he's talking to believers, the saints that are at Ephesus, he's writing this letter, and so it applies to us. So finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Everybody say that. Be strong in the Lord. Hallelujah. And in the power of his might. You say, well, what's that look like? Well, that means that when you're tempted, you say no. That's what makes you strong. When you're tempted to disobey God, you say, no, I'm going to obey God. That's a sign or a mark of strength. So he's saying, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Notice it goes on then to say, to put on the whole armor of God. Why, Paul? Why do you want us to do this? That you may be able to stand against the wiles or the schemes or the strategies or the devices of the devil. Now, you know, there are a lot of uh, churches, I suppose, and evangelicalism and, you know, within the church community, denominational preferences, they don't even believe in a devil. They don't think there's any literal devil. And yet the Bible is chocked full of information with regard to Lucifer, who at one time was one of the archangels until he decided that he would exalt himself above God. Now again, that is going stupid. Are you listening to me? Matter of fact, let's just take a little side trail here. Would that be all right with you? Let's go over to Isaiah chapter tw uh, 14. Isaiah 14. This wasn't in my notes, but it'll be all right. Isaiah 14. Notice this with me, if you uh, will. I think about this quite often, especially in the context of what such ungodly, such wicked, such corrupt behavior 
that we see occurring, you know, within the world today and how disheartening and how grievous it is. But let me tell you this, that if you're a child of God and, and you belong to him, you're going to be okay. And not only that, but God is going to have the last, I, don't, I guess you would say the last laugh, because when it's over with, he'll be exalted. Look at this verse of scripture here with me. Um, in uh, chapter 14, and uh, let's start with verse 9. This is what I think about when I think about some of these individuals that are living ungodly lives. Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet you at your coming. You know, if you don't know God, if you're not born of the Spirit of God, and you don't receive him as your Lord and Savior and repent for the sin that's in your life, this is what you have to look forward to. And the Bible says hell beneath is moved to meet you at your coming. So I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I tell you what, we ought to have make sure that our heart is right with God. Then it goes on then to say, it stirs up the dead for you. Even all the chief ones or leaders of the earth it, ra- it has raised up from their throne, or uh, I'm sorry, it hath raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nations. All they speak and say to thee, Art thou also become weak as we? Are you also become like us? You're pumped. You know, the, the arrogance and the pride that you see in people's lives, men and or women leading the way they lead right now will be brought to nothing when this is all said and done. They may have their day in the sunshine, but I tell you what, it's going to get dark. Then it goes on to say, it says, um, have you become, in verse 10, like us? Thy pomp is brought down to the grave and the noise of thy vows. And the worm is spread under thee, and the worms cover thee. Thou, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground? Now listen to this. Which didst weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven and exalt my throne above the stars of God, and I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north, and I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. Wow. Now, the point and the reason that I brought this verse of Scripture up is the simple fact that he is the one who weakens nations. Our nation is being weakened by him through sin. Are you listening to me? So everything that you see going on, you know, it's pushing everything down, you know, dumbing everything down. And it's all, it's set on fire of hell. You say, well, this isn't very encouraging, Pastor. What do you got for me? I'll get there. Just give me a chance. But I just think that people need to see what it is that's happening, huh? And recognize not only, I mean, to recognize the reality of what it is that we are dealing with. 
Not so that we can be discouraged, but so that we can know. Are you with me? Now, now turn over to Psalm 12. Here comes the encouragement. Everybody say, I'm so happy. Well, some of you are, okay. Look at Psalm 12. I was sharing with a, a friend of mine this week, and we were just talking about end time matters and different things that have been prophesied return, uh, uh, with, return, with regard to the return of the Lord. And um, he had mentioned this particular psalm that the Lord had given to him some time back. And I tell you what, this thing, if it doesn't read like what's going on right now, I don't know what does. But notice Psalm 12 with me. Help, Lord, for the godly man ceases, for the faithful fail from among the children of men. Now, don't get the idea that, you know, that has to be you. It's just saying, this is what I see. Okay? Notice verse 2. It says, they speak vanity, every one with his neighbor. With flattering lips and with a double heart do they speak. The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things. Who have said, with our tongue we will prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? For the, for the oppression of the poor, for the sign of the needy. Now will I arise, saith the Lord, and I will set him in safety from him that puffs at him. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. The wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. So I'm just telling you, praise God, that in the middle of all this, hopefully you're getting this, <clears throat> that you're going to be kept. So there's no reason for you to be discouraged. I'm telling you the very best is yet to come for the child of God. And yes, while it will be grievous, it is grievous to see what it is that people are choosing. You know, we talked about strength by choice. And people are choosing the wrong things because they're being influenced by the wrong entity. But thank God there's you and I, the church, the salt of the earth, the light of the world. And you can communicate and you can share and you can tell your story about how God has redeemed and delivered you. And if they'll receive your message and if they'll come to the Lord looking for help, then praise God, they too will be strengthened and their lives will be changed. Can you say amen? amen. So we're talking about this, about being stronger, being strong in the Lord. And I think that's especially important in these last days. God wants you to be strong. He don't want you to be weak. He don't want you to fixate on whatever it is that's going wrong in the, in the world. You say, well, that's kind of what you've been doing here for about the last 10 minutes. No, not really. I've been telling you about the realities of where we're at, but I'm trying to get to the place of helping you understand that, praise God, we win. That wasn't, I didn't, I mean, that was weak. I, I, let me say that one more time. I just want to let you know we win. Okay, there, praise God, that helps. Hallelujah. No, he said to be strong in the Lord. Why? So that we can stand against the wiles of the devil. So that we can remain strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 
And if there's need for the miraculous, for deliverance, God will show up because we positioned ourselves in a place where we're not compromising and we're not going to change. Are you with me? Glory to God forevermore. Being stronger as a believer in our convictions, in what we believe, in our behavior, in our speech, our faith. God wants us to grow. He, quite frankly, he expects you to grow. He doesn't want you to be weak. You know, you don't see any place in the Bible that says, you know, be weak in the Lord and forget about his power. No, it says be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Are you listening to me? But of course, you know, we have to think properly and whatever, and he expects us to grow. You know, when the Apostle Paul was talking again uh, to the church in Ephesus, he said that we would grow up into him in all things. God wants you to grow up. He wants you to become strong, strengthened. Know what you believe. Know why you believe it. Be, live with a conviction that godliness is right. And that in so doing, reward comes to those who obey. I don't know about you, but I tell you what, I want to obey God. I want to do the will of God. Why? Because that's where the blessing is. I don't want to go out and live like the world. I don't want to go out and do what it is that they're doing. You say, well, neither do I, but you know the pull is so strong. Well, praise God, that's why you're here. So that we can get the pull off of you. Amen. So that you can live by a substance that is within you, the greater one, and live in such a way so as to be strong in the Lord. You know, too much of the time, Christians are apologizing for who they are. God doesn't want you to apologize. The Apostle Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. You shouldn't be either. I'm doing better preaching, you're doing amen, but I'm going to do, you know, I'll keep it up here. Maybe it'll get better as we go. Are you listening to me? So we want to grow in strength. We want to grow in strength as parents. We want to grow in strength as spouse, you know, with our spouses or even as ministers, whether you realize it or not, we're all called. Maybe it might not be this pulpit thing, but we're all called to, to minister means to serve. And God wants you to be strong in that, confident in that. You know, to do it with strength, to move in on a situation that's, you know, where people are circling the drain and you, you know, have a hand that reaches out and pulls them up out of it so they don't end up in the cesspool. Are you with me? So, stronger by design. You know, uh, every year, Automakers, you know, they're trying to come up with the latest, greatest, newest, and whatever, whatever. And so these, these engineers, you know, they, they go to work on these cars. How many of you know there's, I mean, the cars are amazing. You know that? I mean, the, the, they're just chalked full of all this technology. And you say, yeah, I wish they'd just leave me alone. You know, and so, it, you know, you pull a lever that says drive, you know, something like that. Well, I, I, I'm sorry to tell you that's probably not going to happen. But the reason I bring this up is, is that they have all these, you know, all these design aspects of this car, and they're doing it to develop something to meet basically the needs of the people that are buying them. What do the people need? You know, that's a fundamental principle. Find a need, meet it. And so that's what they do. You know, how many of you got cameras on your car now? 
How many of you like cameras on your car? You know, a lot of times, you know, when you're backing up stuff, you know, all these cameras start going off. There's pictures everywhere. To me, it's confusing. There is a rear view mirror over here, and there's one over here, and we ought to be able to get everything done with them. Are you with me? How many of you would maybe go along with me in that? Okay. It's like, dear God, information overload, you know, and somebody, you know, your pastor is going, well, hey, looky there. I mean, it's like a, a, a shot from the top and you can see everything and ever whatever around you. <laughs> Leave me alone. I will park the car. I remember when they came out with ABS brakes. I thought they were of the devil. It's like, are you trying to insult me? Do you think I can't drive? And, and nothing's worse than when you push on the brake and it doesn't do what it's supposed to do. It goes, wah, 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 you know, whatever. I'm thinking to myself, give me a break. <laughs> Excuse me while I rant. Some of this stuff I don't necessarily think turned out so good. Well, my whole point to all of that is that all of this stuff is engineered by design and they put it into these vehicles so you can drive them. The interstate system, everything that they're doing in Council Bluffs, my wife and I were up in Des Moines, we made a couple trips up there and uh, we were on our way and they're building these new bridges. And the bridges are huge. I mean, you, you know, you drive across the old one, they're building the big, you know, the new one, and this thing is like gargantuous. I mean, it's been engineered to, you know, what? To, to take care of the traffic that they anticipate that's gonna be going down Interstate 80. Same way with all this stuff over here. Now, if you wanna get on a rant, whoever engineered this whole thing here in Council Plus? <laughs> give me a break. Why do you go left to go right? Huh? Whatever. Some stuff. We better get back to our subject here. <clears throat> Here's the point. As a believer, as one who has chosen to become a follower, a disciple of Christ, because of the new birth, there has been a brand new design given to you. In other words, you're not trying to get all of this stuff. The reality is, is you already have it. Are you with me? And sometimes we don't think in those terms. In other words, what I'm trying to tell you is, is you have everything you need to be strong in the Lord. Yes. Now, you may not be, you know, fully knowledgeable of everything with regard to the will of God, but you're on the right road. Can you say amen? Look with me, if you would, to 2 Peter chapter 1. This is uh, where I want to... Uh, uh, talk a little bit about this. Second Peter chapter 1, and I am going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. It'll be up on the screens for you to look at, but if you want to actually ref, uh, uh, look at it in your own Bible, you can. Second Peter chapter 1. <clears throat> Notice what he says in the beginning of this letter. This letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to you who share the same precious faith we have. Did you know your faith is precious? You're here today because you believe God. You believe in God. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and there's nothing, there's nothing more valuable and precious than that. 
Now, your, your, your life may not be, you know, all planed out and everything's perfect, but you know him. And that's a place to start. Can you say amen? So notice what it says right here. We, we share the same precious faith. This faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now, this is the point I wanted to get to. By his divine power, now note, listen, God has given us everything. Everybody say, I have everything. He has given you and I, he has given you everything you need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him. You got the goods. Now, there may be opposition in your life. There may be things, you know, you're discouraged by. There may be challenges and, you know, you're waging war in different areas and things of that nature. But I'm telling you that you have everything that you need. I wish you would believe that. You know, I realize that I'm cutting through a lot of different things in the way of experience and different things that you have had to deal with and all of the things of, of, of this life that we all have to deal with. But you've got to get on the other side of all of that to a place of faith and begin to believe I've got everything I need. I know it doesn't look like it. I know I don't feel like it. I know my history may not be the best, but I'm telling you, God has given you everything that you need. I tell you what, he has given you strength by his design so that you can live an overcoming life. I believe with all my heart when Jesus said, I came so they could have life and have it more abundantly, that he accomplished his task so that you could have the life that Jesus came to give you. Hallelujah. So, you know, you have everything that you need to develop to a place of strength, to wage a successful warfare. We are involved in a warfare, no question about that. Huh? If hell can keep you from enjoying God's best, it will. But the fact of the matter is he's a defeated foe and he can't unless you, don't, unless you let him. Are you with me? So whatever challenges that we might be facing, whatever it is that we, we seem that we don't have the ability to overcome, we move into a position and place of saying, you know what, I believe the word of God. I do believe I've got, I may not be knowledgeable about what it is that I need, but I got it. And I'm gonna find out so that I can enjoy heaven's best. Are you listening to me? So you gotta stop thinking like the world you know, and let human reasoning destroy what it is that God wants to do in your life. Are you with me? Because we're talking about what he's done, not, you know, whatever it is that's going on in your life. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Now, you know, he said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God so that you can stand against the devil's schemes. Because we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. You know when people get in strife, when they get, you know, envy or jealousy or all these things start rising up on the inside of them? That's hell showing up to try to destroy your life. Huh? Can you imagine how many people who've been eaten up by these things because they didn't know how to deal with it? They didn't, they didn't know what it is that you and I know from the word of God. 
And yes, these things are real. I mean, you know, when, when things happen to us and we're mistreated and there's offense and all of these different things, I mean, it's real. But baby, you got to decide how it is that you're going to live. You're going to be strong in the Lord. You're going to choose his path. You're going to say, I don't care what it is that I'm feeling or what it is that I'm thinking or whatever the world is trying to tell me. I'm choosing God and his life to do what he wants me to do because I am going to have his life. You know, the devil beats on people all the time. He wants, a, he wants them to harbor unforgiveness bad. Why? Because if you take it, then his job is done and he watches you self-destruct. You know, we're not ignorant of his devices, folks. Come on now. You're smarter than that. And so you could take whatever offense or whatever mistreatment or whatever it is that's happened in your life in the past and you can say, you know what? I'm done with this. There are some people, you know, they live their entire lives. They live and die with a belly full of whatever. You don't want to live your life like that. Can you say amen? amen. You know, the Bible tells us that we're to forgive. You say, I just can't. No, you, don't, you can. You just choose not to. Okay, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to say that again because I didn't get the best response there. See, it's a lie to think you can't. I just can't forgive them. You get help in thinking that way. I wouldn't forgive him if I was you. And then he'll say, think about what it is that they did. Think about what it is that they said. What's he doing? He's helping you to destroy your own life. And that's when you have to stand up and say, devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. So you can. And you might have to do it by faith, but you know, we walk by faith, not by sight, right? So as a matter of choice, as an act of your will, you choose to let the person go. Now, I'm not, I'm not suggesting, you know, that that's always easy. But I can tell you this much about it. Every time it comes up when you say, that's what's going to happen right here, right now, then you're on your road to success and strength. That's why the Bible says, give the devil no place. Who's the one that does that? We do. You do. I do. Amen. Boy, he loves to get you dwelling on the ugly. How many of you know what the ugly is? Yeah, whatever it is, you know. And it grows. That's all it is. is it's, it's, it's a perverted meditation in the wrong thing. Instead of thinking about the word and the promise and what it is that God said he'll do, we're thinking about the mistreatment or whatever it is that's happened within our lives. You say, well, you know, pastor, it's not that easy. Listen, I understand that the challenges of this can be difficult, but I'm telling you that the power of God is greater than anything that you might feel you can't overcome. You know, and there, there has to... There has to be a, a, a resolve, a grit, if you want to call it that, down on the inside, that you refuse to go in this direction. And, and it, has to, it has to have some... <laughs> it's got to have some something to it. 
You know what I'm saying? Or else it'll just keep beating on you. You got to drive a stake in the ground and say, enough! That you're not going to let it control and dominate your life. And, and, and here it is, you guys. Nobody can do this for you. But I am telling you that you are strong by the design of being a child of God, a believer, that his spirit dwells in you to empower you to be able to do what it is I'm talking to you about. Does this make sense to you? Yes. Huh? So you can, I just got to talking to a gal here, you know, uh, last week or so, and uh, she says, and, and she has a problem with smoking, cigarettes. She's trying to quit. Oh, I've been praying. I've been asking the Lord, you know, to help me, you know, take it away, take it away. Well, the Lord ain't going to take it away. The Lord don't smoke. You know, he doesn't need your pack of cigarettes. He doesn't want your pack of cigarettes. You're the one that's going to have to do it. Thanks for your enthusiasm. Wow, hallelujah. I understand the concept, you know, that people want the Lord to take this away, take that away. It might be alcoholism. It could be uh, pornography or whatever. But listen, dude, you're in the driver's seat. And you're going to have to decide. And again, I'm not suggesting that that's necessarily easy in and of itself. But I tell you what, praise God, if you want God's best, and I believe you wouldn't be here today if you didn't. And so I'm telling you that there's the potential and the capacity and the ability for you to stand against this particular whatever while of the devil that it is and say, we're done with this because I want God's best in my life. No more strife, no more anger, no more whatever it is that we might be defining here this morning. But you're making a decision, and you're going to walk very carefully. See then that you walk, the Bible says, circumspectly in the King James you know, people, you know, if you live just, <laughs> I don't know if this makes sense, but, you know, you live willy-nilly, you know, and you just kind of do whatever, you know, and you think God's going to do whatever, wrong. The way that we live for him is narrow. It's narrow. You, you know, your choices, they, they become less. You know, you don't entertain these things. You, you immediately stand against it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So, you know, in, in, in talking with this person, you know, about their smoking problem, I just, you know, you got to do it. You're the one. That, he'll help you, but you're the one that decides. I remember when I got saved. I got saved the 27th day of August, driving home, and, and I came out of the 70s. So the whole culture of drugs, alcohol, smoking, all that, partying, that was my life. As a 19-year-old, I got saved, got turned on to the Word. And all of a sudden, God starts taking and picking all this stuff out of my life, except these cigarettes. I tell you, Tommy, them things suck. That's a joke. You know what I'm saying? Well, anyway. And I had a really hard time getting delivered. I threw more away than I smoked. You know, I throw them out the window. You know, God's convicting me because my body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. And not only that, they'll kill you. All right? But I'm supposed to glorify God in my body. And guess what? When I'm, I'm going up in smoke, that does not glorify him. So I'm throwing them out more than I'm smoking them. You know, and I throw them out and go down the road to a convenience store and buy another pack. How dumb is that? Should have just turned around, went back and got the, got the other ones. 
How many know what I'm talking about? And maybe there, I don't know, whatever area it is that you know that you're dealing with or, or challenged in or whatever the case might be. But I'll tell you what happened in my life. I knew I loved the Lord and I knew that my heart belonged to him and I wanted to please him. And I knew it was displeasing to him. And there are so many Christians that find themselves in that very same place. They want to do right. They want to. You, you know, you, you get it. Why? Because he's in you and he's talking to you. And so I, I, I had this battle, but I'll tell you exactly how I got set free. I came to the point that I esteemed the word of God and his promises and his will for my life more than I did them, and I got delivered. The reality is, is I, you know, I went down the road of life. This took about six months after I got saved, and I went down the road of life, and uh, all of a sudden, I just kind of realized I hadn't had a cigarette for three weeks. I thought to myself, well, ain't no use to keep, you know, keep going now. Hallelujah. And I got free. So if you'll esteem God's word more than whatever it is that's facing you or challenging you, then praise God, you'll come to a place of, you know, becoming strong and being able to overcome anything and everything. Why? Because uh, Peter said, we have everything we need. Everybody say, I got it. Yeah, you got it. You, don't, you know, it's just like the gal I was mentioning to you before and I was in this conversation. She had the power and the ability to overcome, but she thought that God needed to take it away. I remember one time Brother Hagen was talking about this woman. She's, you know, uh, comes to a church service and then in their services, they'd always close their services with prayer, come down to the altar and pray. And this woman, she's down there, you know, and she's loud. You know, she, oh, God, take it away, you know. Of course, everybody's hearing her. I don't know if she's wanting everybody to see her. Sometimes you get that. But anyway, and pretty soon, you know, she's going through this whole deal, you know, and uh, on her knees and at the altar. And, and it's getting later and later, you know. And, and Brother Hagin, he was pastoring at that time, and he's, he got a little concerned because he thought maybe the neighbors around, you know. I mean, they, everybody could hear her. And everybody's leaving, you know, and he's just kind of waiting around, you know. And finally, you know, she's going through this mantra of hers. And so he goes and kind of shakes her, you know, a little bit. And she, oh, God, oh, God, take it away. Please take it away, you know. And so Brother Hagin finally got her attention. I think he probably shook her, you know, till her teeth fell out. But he says, what is it that you want the Lord to take away? And he says, oh, Brother Hagin, you know, that old snuff. You say, what is that? Chew. Yeah. You know, she was a snuff dipper, you know. And, and Brother Hagin says, well, he ain't going to take that away. She says, he's not. She says, no, God don't chew snuff. He said, he don't want no snuff, and so he ain't going to take it away. What would he do with it anyway? And he, just, and she, he went on and talked to her. He said, you got to do it, you know. Well, I just don't know if I can. Yeah, sure you can. You just don't want to. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. Everybody say it together. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The reality is, is you can do it, praise God, because of the greater one that's on the inside of you. Hallelujah. So, you know, <clears throat> um. Let me get, uh, this has went a lot of different directions here, as it always does. But you know, so many times in believers' lives, we want to relegate 
our deliverance to, to some point in the future. And I want to just suggest to you this morning, how about right now? How about right now? How about we, we make a decision? He said, I've placed before you life, death, blessing, and cursing. Therefore, you choose, decide, you know, life. So, so why do we, in, instead of relegating it to some distant time, you know, wherever, we just decide right now, today is the day. If you're here this morning, you're battling something. Who, God only knows, and nobody else needs to know. Maybe pornography, it could be anger, it could be, you know, any number of things. Alcoholism, substance abuse. You know, there's all kinds of people that are dealing with all kinds of stuff. Are you listening to me? <laughs> sure gets quiet. Hallelujah. Amen. But I'm telling you what, God will set you free today. Now is it, you know, we just, uh, Pastor Brian was praying about, and we sang about him being here, Holy Spirit, right here, right now, in this place. He's here right now to deliver you. Amen. He'll join forces with you. He'll strengthen you. He'll, he'll come alongside you and say, I'm in, praise God. And then you can say no. Now, you would be uh, happy to know that this person I was talking to about the smoking business, uh, she hasn't had any cigarettes for uh, I think we're, we're going up on 10, maybe about two weeks, you know, and, and she's going to win. I said, she's going to win. I told her, I said, I tell you what, I am on your side. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. You're going to do this and you're going to succeed. Why? Because it's killing her. That's why. And she knows that. But you know, your body, your flesh, I mean, it is a formidable foe at times, and so you got to gird up the loins of your mind, baby, and you got to prepare for war. And that's why a lot of Christians, you know, they pussyfoot around, you know, and they just want to, oh, you know, we're just supposed to love everybody. <laughs> when it comes to sin and things that destroy your life, you don't love it, you hate it. And you do something about it. And so I'm just saying to you this morning that that very thing can happen to you. Why? Because you're born of his spirit. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things are become new. Hallelujah. So, you know, when you're tempted in whatever areas that you might be dealing with, you can say, no, 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 I'm a new creation. Those things passed away, all things have become new. I'm on the Jesus side. I'm doing what it is that he wants me to do. And not only that, but there's also the aspect of being full of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You know, so being born, these are two dynamic principles that bring victory in people's lives. Knowing that you're a child of God and being filled with the Holy Ghost. I'll give you a great example for the sake of time. You know, Peter is a great example of this. Peter was all in with Jesus. He, he, there's just a lot of stuff he didn't know. So when Jesus went to the cross and died, all of a sudden Peter thought, and, and, and essentially in a, in a nutshell, he thought that Jesus was going to become the king and they were going to get out from underneath the tyranny of Rome and he was going to be right next to Jesus, praise God, in his kingdom. Well, he is going to be right next to him in his kingdom, but not the kingdom. He, he said, my kingdom is not of this world. And that was, that, that, that threw Peter when he went to the cross and died. I mean, this man, it, it destroyed him. He denied him, and then he was crucified. 
But you know, when Jesus was resurrected and he was talking to Mary, he said, I'm going to, I'll see you in Galilee and tell Peter that I'll be there. The, The dude was wrecked. Are you with me? Well, when Jesus did show himself to him, Everything changed. The Bible says he breathed upon them and they received, he said, receive the Holy Ghost. They were born again in that moment. And then he instructed them further and he said, wait in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with, what's the next word? Power. Say it again. Power. Say it one more time. Power. Wait until you are endued with power. Tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power on high, from on high. And the Bible says 11 days later after his ascension, on the day of what we call Pentecost, 51 days after he was raised from the dead, guess what? The Holy Ghost showed up and 120 people got filled with the Holy Ghost in this room that they were gathered in. The thing broke out into the street, hallelujah. And people would say, man, these people are drunk. And then all of a sudden now, Peter stands up, being full of the Holy Ghost, and says, they're not drunk as you suppose, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And yet, you know, today there are a lot of people in the body of Christ, they're not filled with the Holy Ghost. They don't speak with other tongues because they're spooked about it or they think it's of the devil or the whatever. And if they are, then sometimes they don't, they don't practice it. My friends, praise God. When God gives you a gift, when he gives you something as a weaponry or a tool, we ought to be using it. Can I get a witness? Amen. Come on. It says, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. My understanding is unfruitful. People say, well, what good is it? Well, the Bible talks about a spiritual edification that comes from praying or speaking with other tongues. And primarily, it's a devotional gift. Now, there are other uses to tongues and different, different things like that. But primarily, it's a devotional gift between you and the Lord. Because you can pray a perfect prayer. Father, help me to pray. And all of a sudden, you just go off and start praying in other tongues. And he gives you utterance. The Bible says the Holy Ghost gives you utterance. Huh? Come on. You know, as he gives you utterance, you speak. He's helping you. Are you listening to me? And yet, a lot of folk, they don't take advantage of it. The Bible says, but you, beloved, building up yourselves, edifying yourself upon your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You need to pray in the Holy Ghost every day. And if you haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost, you need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Huh? Yeah. You say you're pretty strong about it. All I'm saying is, is I want to succeed in life, and if God's given me a tool, I want it. It's, it's just that simple. My experience was a lot like yours. I grew up, uh, when I got saved, I got saved through Campus Crusade for Christ. Okay. And uh, that was Bill Bright's organization. And they didn't believe in the Holy Ghost. They said that once you get born again, you receive the Holy Ghost, and that's all there is. And then somebody come, you know, jaunting along and says, well, maybe there's something else here. See, it's one thing to be born of the Spirit. It's another thing to be filled with the Spirit. And I don't have time to get into this because I'm already past due. Okay? But the truth of the matter is, Jesus said, wait until you get it. That ought to be enough for me to say, you know what, I probably ought to check this out a little bit. And that I encourage you to do because you need faith to receive. And if you're, if you're in doubt, you're not going to get it. Are you with me? And then you'll say, well, there ain't nothing to that. It's not really real, blah, 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 you know. And then you go without. 
Well, Pastor Mike, Pastor Brian, do not want you going without. We want you fully loaded, hallelujah, for bear. Glory to God. Are you with me? Where was I? <clears throat> yeah, Peter. <clears throat> so he gets up and preaches and 3,000 people get saved. That's pretty powerful, huh? And he has strength, glory to God. Then they go into the temple on a day, you know, to pray, and there was a guy that's impotent in his feet, had never walked, and sat there begging for alms. And Peter says, I don't have any money, but I tell you what I do have, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the Bible says that the guy's ankles and, and, and feet received strength, and he got up and started walking. Everybody say, he walked. Yeah, he walked, he got healed. And the Bible says that he joined them as they were going in, walking and leaping and praising God. You would too. I'm telling you what, that's pretty good stuff, huh? Well, they throwed him in jail for it. Simple that. You got time, just a little bit. Turn to Acts chapter, uh, let's see, where are we at here? Acts. The Acts of the Apostles. Start that direction and I'll get there. Acts chapter 4. <clears throat> and for the sake of time, we'll uh, read the latter part here of this. Chapter 4. Uh, yeah. Um, verse 7. Acts chapter 4, verse 7. And when they had set Peter and some of the rest of them in their midst, they said, by what power, by what means have you done this? And Peter, then Peter, listen, filled with the what? Filled with the Holy Ghost. Woo! Said unto them, you rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we be examined this day of the good deed done unto the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, let it be known, woo, let it be known, let it be known that to all of you and to the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone that was set at naught of you builders and has become the head of the corner, and neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. And when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated or unlearned ignorant men, they marveled, now listen to this, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with somebody. Huh? Who had they been with? They'd been with Jesus. In other words, they're going, oh my God, we got two more just like him. So what happened? What was the difference? This is the same guy that denied him. It's the same guy that was so disillusioned, he didn't know whether he was coming or going. But when he got born again and filled with the Holy Ghost, his whole life changed. So can yours. See, I'm talking about <clears throat> stronger by design. You've been designed to be strong in him and in the power of his might. You have what you need. Now, you may not know it. I mean, you know, my wife all the time, I'm trying to close, but you guys are making it difficult. 
But, you know, I'll ask my wife. I says, well, honey, where is, you know, I'll go to the refrigerator. I'm looking for something. And uh, I said, well, where is it? She says, it's right there on that shelf, you know, and this and that and the other. And Well, actually, what ends up happening, I go looking for it, and I don't find it. And so I come back, and I said, well, you know, where's it at? Where's it? It's in the refrigerator. It's on the shelf or whatever, you know. Same way with our, our pantry. You know, I go looking in the pantry for something I can't find. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Guys, mainly, uh, I guess. And I'll say, well, where is this? Right there. I said, well, I don't see it. So she comes sauntering on over there, you know, Jim, and picks it off and gives it to me. In other words, if it was a snake, it'd bit me. Okay? Well, my point to that is, is that you have everything that you have. You may not be able to recognize or see it, but I'm telling you what, praise God, it's there for you. So get in the book and let the book get in you. And you'll begin to see what it is you need to see. The aha moment will come in your life. And it'll turn your circumstance and your situation around. Y'all believe that? Let's everybody stand. Hallelujah. Got to stop. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Father, today uh, we've endeavored at least to speak of some things, Father, that I know that are dear to your heart and things, Father, that you want to do in every person's life. So we pause for just this moment, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. To give consideration, Father, to some things that you want to do in people's lives here today. I don't believe for one moment, Father, that these things I've shared were just said in vain, but I believe, Father, that there are needs that are represented in people's lives here. People that are discouraged, maybe they're feeling defeated, maybe condemnation somehow or another has attached itself to them. But Father God, I want you to help them to know that they are strong by the design that you have placed within them. While your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, no one's looking around. If you're here today, and like I said, you know, if, if there's if there's a if there's something in your life and it's just chronic and it's bothering you, let's let it be today. Let's let this be the day, the defining moment in your life where you drive a stake in the ground and you say, that's enough and I'm done with this. No more strife, no more anger. Some of you couples, you gotta stop fighting and fussing and messing with each other. And you, you know, you, it's your decision, it's your choice. But by design, you have been made able to do these things. Maybe you're just here and you're just flat out discouraged with, you know, whatever's going on in your life, you know, um, having a sense of um, just being defeated. Well, you're not defeated. It's a lie of the devil. You're an overcomer. And maybe condemnation, maybe that's a part of it. I don't know, but I tell you what, if you want to acknowledge your need before the Lord in any of these areas, just raise your hand up before Him, before Him. Say, God, I need your help, hallelujah. And He is going to come today to your aid in this moment. He is here. Anyone else? Anyone else? While your heads are bowed, eyes are closed, let me ask this important question. You may be here and you've never made a decision to even receive him. You may be like me when I was 18, 19 years old and I didn't know him. I knew I needed him, I just didn't 
I didn't make the choice. I didn't make the decision. I danced around it. People would, you know, pitch the gospel to me. And I knew in my heart I needed to make that choice, but I didn't want to. I thought, you know, well, then I'd have to give everything up and I wouldn't be able to do this and that and the other. My friend, if that's where you're at in your life, I want you to know that that is nothing more than an absolute lie. There is nothing greater or more powerful and more blessed than to know him. And whatever it is you think you want to hang on to isn't worth a dime compared to having a relationship with Jesus. So if you're here this morning, you never made a commitment, but you say, well, pastor, you know what? Um, I think you have a point and I have an interest in your prayer. Put your hand up wherever you're at and we'll pray with you. Those of you that are online, if you don't know Christ, you need to accept him. You need to receive him. You need to repent and give your heart to him so that you can really live. Anyone as I look across the crowd here this morning, you're gonna make a decision, you're gonna be a follower of him. Hallelujah. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Hallelujah. Anyone at all before we pray. Number of you raise your hands. We're going to pray with you together. I want you just to let your heart agree as we pray vocally this prayer together. Just let your heart agree with the prayer. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I ask you to forgive me for my doubt and unbelief and for my failure to see. And I ask you, Father God, to show me the next step and I thank you for the aid and the help of the Holy Ghost to turn my situation around and I make the decision that there will be no more of this thing's influence in my life and I thank you Lord for having delivered me in Jesus name and everybody said, amen. amen. Praise God. Well, how many of you are glad you came today? Glory to God. Amen. I'm telling you what, God is moving. And we have the privilege of moving with him. Can you say amen? amen. So let's, let's follow him. Let's obey him. Let's do the will of God. You know, let's stop our fussing and fighting. Let's start loving. Huh? Why? Because that's the way you've been designed. Okay. So the next time you're tempted, you say, no, 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 we're not doing that. We're going to do God's thing. We're going to do it his way. We're not going to speak. If it's evil, we don't talk. Some of you, you do this, some of you are going, you know, no, you know, be smart. Don't, don't, don't put yourself out there, man. Then all of a sudden you're in trouble. You got to repent. You mess everything up. No, no. Today, right now, we just got done praying. We're done with that. And we're going to move on to something better because that's what Jesus has for us. Amen. Listen, everyone, Joan and I, along with Pastor Brian and Rachel, we love you guys and we appreciate your being here. Thank you for being a part of the body life of this church. We believe that there are great things. I think about all the stuff that's happened in this church in the last 45 years, and it is awesome. And you're a part of that. And I tell you what, there's a whole bunch yet to come. So we encourage you in the Lord. We hope you have the, uh, the, a great, the remainder of your weekend here and the holiday and things like that. Be blessed and uh, eat a bratwurst for me, okay? 
You say, yeah, you talk about fried chicken and bratwurst and you go to Farrell's. Don't you think that that's a, a, what do you call that? Something opposites? Huh? An oxymoron? Well, contradiction, whatever. Yes, it is. But, but a man must eat, right? <laughs> okay, I know. It's what you eat. Greet those around you. You can be dismissed. We love you guys. Have a great week.